Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We are seeing right now uh, a global hunger crisis, and the situation is getting worse uh, all the time. Uh, Right now, we have about 193 million people in the world who are facing what we would call acute food insecurity. Uh, That's up by 40 million people from last year. And last year was already a record. Uh, So there's, there's a lot going on in the world that is contributing to that now. And the Canadian Food Grains Bank is sounding the alarm on this food crisis. We're joined today by Stefan Epkoop. He's the program manager of the Humanitarian Early Recovery and Development Program at Canadian Food Grains Bank. Today in Connections, he's going to share with us how bad the situation is. He'll also let us know if there is a way to fix this. He's going to share with us also how we can pray for those in need. The Canadian Food Grains Bank is raising its voice at this extremely urgent hour. They say that the world is moving rapidly towards some of the most catastrophic food crises in the 21st century. We're joined today by Stefan Epkoop. He is the program manager of the Humanitarian Early Recovery and Development Program at Canadian Food Grains Bank. For those who don't know, what is the Canadian Food Grains Bank? Canadian Food Grains Bank is an association of of 15 Canadian uh, church-based relief and development agencies uh, working to end hunger around the world. Uh, So we uh, work with our members to support uh, projects that uh, provide food assistance to people facing uh, humanitarian need. Uh, We uh, provide do longer-term agricultural programming and nutrition programming and working in about 30 to 40 countries a year uh, with the support of Canadians and the and the government of Canada uh, and and uh, farmers uh, who grow crops to support uh, support our work now speaking of hunger and growing crops for people we're dealing with one of the worst hunger crises in decades tell us a little bit about that Sure. We are seeing right now uh, a global hunger crisis, and the situation is getting worse uh, all the time. Uh, Right now, we have about 193 million people in the world who are facing what we would call acute food insecurity. Uh, That's up by 40 million people from last year. And last year was already a record. Uh, So there's, there's a lot going on in the world that is contributing to that now. Um, for one, uh, uh, there are uh, weather events, uh, climate events that are increasingly severe uh, and more frequent. So things like droughts and floods. Uh, there's conflict. I mean, we there's been lots of attention on the on the war in in Ukraine, but there's also a conflict happening in other parts of the world. We're still feeling the impact of the the war in Syria. We're still feeling impact of war in, in uh, South Sudan and 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 the Democratic Republic of Congo and other places. Um, and then we're also seeing rising food prices. Uh, and those food prices were rising uh, before uh, the war in Ukraine, but that certainly is also contributing to those those rising food prices where. Uh, because many countries rely on food imported from Ukraine and Russia. Uh, and so that that's just making the situation uh, worse. Uh, we, we've seen, you know, I was just recently in Kenya and people were talking about food prices going up uh, doubling since December. Uh, so where people have been paying 1300 Kenyan, Kenyan shillings for uh, a bag of maize in December, they're now paying 2,500 shillings, so nearly double uh, in only a span of about five months. Uh, so a combination of climate, of conflict, of rising food prices, all contributing to a, a really bad situation right now in many countries around the world. 
Now, I want to talk about Kenya a little bit more, but first of all, I just wanted to say, like, for the first time, really, I mean, this has happened in the past, but we're, we're even seeing this food crisis um, affecting Canadians as well. The rising food costs, the lack of stock. It's very interesting to not only see it, you know, typically we hear about it in all these other countries, but we're hearing about people here in our own country struggling nowadays as well. Absolutely. And I think what this points to is how connected we are. We all are around the world. Uh, you know, the, the food system that we that's that supports us and, and feeds us is a global system. And when there are challenges in it, when it starts to, to break down in places, then we all experience that. And whether it's in Canada or whether it's in a country in another part of the world, it's those with the least income who are going to uh, uh, experience that that challenge first. And, and uh, what we're seeing in, in Canada, as in other places around the world, is that this is having a real effect on, on people's lives and uh, people's ability to feed their family and, and, and eat uh, the nutritious food that they, they, want to, they, uh, they want to serve their families. They mentioned a little bit about Kenya just a couple minutes ago. Tell us a little bit more about what you saw and experienced while you were out there. Sure. So I, I visited an area of Kenya called Turkana, which is in the northern part of Kenya. Uh, it's a really uh, it's always been a dry area, uh, but it has been in the grips of a drought uh, now since about 2019. Uh, so for a long period of time now, they've had a very little rain. Uh, in fact, the, a, there were a few raindrops that hit our hit our windshield as we were driving through the countryside there. And we're told that that was the first time uh, the staff we were visiting had seen rain in the last year. Uh, so uh, this was, um, yeah, it's incredibly dry. And the result of this is that uh, people's livestock, uh, it's an area that people uh, rely on livestock for their livelihoods. People's livestock are getting sick. People can't access water for themselves or their livestock. Uh, 80% of the wells in the county have, have, have uh, dried out in the last, you know, the last few years with this drought. People are traveling 10 or 15 kilometers to access water. Um, as a result, you know, people are, um, their people's livestock are sick. People's livestock are dying. People don't have as many livestock as they did before. So that's one challenge. Um, but if the drought wasn't bad enough, I mean, just like other parts of the world, uh, Kenya experienced the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, there was an economic slowdown. People lost their jobs. And so where people might have been able to rely on construction work or other work to get through the drought, those jobs are now gone. Uh, and as I said, the food prices are going up. Uh, so it's sort of a perfect storm of, mm -hmm. of challenges that people are experiencing there. You know, on top of all that, uh, you know, the prices that people are able to get for their livestock have plummeted uh, from uh, where they historically would have been. So um, people would normally have been selling a goat for about 4,000 shillings. Uh, and now they're selling it for 1,500 shillings. Uh, so just getting a fraction of what they would, because for one, the animals aren't so aren't as healthy as they used to be. Uh, and also there's just a glut in the market. Everyone is trying to sell their animals uh, to survive. Uh, so there's just a, a tremendous challenge that we're seeing in Turkana. Uh, but that's a challenge that we're seeing, you know, in many different countries where we're working, where, as I said, it's sort of this perfect storm of of of, of different events happening at the same time that's contributing to a worsening situation. What's interesting in all of this, though, is that I'm reading that your executive director says in the midst of all this, there is still hope. How is there hope in the midst of all of this? It, it, it can be challenging to, to see the hope, but I think that, uh, that some of that hope for me comes from 
uh, the visit and getting to see the work of our, our local partner in Turkana, uh, Adra Kenya. Uh, they have been uh, doing a variety of things to meet the immediate needs of people while also helping to build that long-term uh, resilience to these kinds of shocks. And so, uh, for one, they've been providing cash assistance. Every household or Every household in the project, about 1,500 households, is getting uh, getting money every month to help them buy food that they need. Um, people are also being supported to diversify their livelihoods, to start agricultural activities along rivers where that's possible. And you drive for an hour through, you know, uh, what seems like just sheer desert, uh, very little growing, and you get to the riverside, and it's uh, this beautiful oasis of green with watermelons and amaranth and spinach mm-hmm. and maize growing uh, and people you know, having things not only to feed themselves and their families, but also to sell to the market and to earn an income. Um, Adra is working to improve pasture land and, and helping to address some of those barriers that people are facing around their livestock. Uh, but then also recognizing that, you know, People, people recognize they need to diversify their incomes and, you know, working to start small businesses and, and other ways of earning a, uh, earning a livelihood. And so I think that there is, there is a situation of tremendous need and, um, uh, you yeah, tremendous challenge, not only there, but, but elsewhere. But also we see glimpses of hope in the work that our, our partners are doing in, in the responses of participants who feel hope and optimism uh, about the future, despite some of the challenges that they're facing. Um, people talking about being able to feed their families, that their kids aren't malnourished anymore, uh, that, you know, that they're beginning to, to, uh, to earn, a, earn an income from, from agriculture, which they had never practiced before. Uh, and so there's these glimpses of hope, uh, despite the, the, the really negative uh, big picture. I mean, you get that little bit of hope. I guess that can that can continue to help to grow that and to grow that hope for others. Absolutely. And, you know, it was really neat to see in some areas where um, uh, we would visit a, a household that has started a, a, a kitchen garden, we call them. So, you know, there's sort of small uh, small gardens uh, where people are growing various vegetables for their household. But then you look down the road and there's another kitchen garden and another one and another one. And so the, the, this sort of uh, getting spread throughout the community and, and, you know, all of a sudden people are able to produce uh, you know, vegetables, at least for their own household consumption, if not, if not extra vegetables that they're able to sell to others and earn a little bit of income. Uh, but they're also doing it together. And I think that that's, that's really exciting as well, that people are working together uh, people, whether yeah, you know, in their communities, in their groups, uh, to uh, yeah, to imagine a different future for themselves. Now we've heard of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. We hear of the work you're doing. Why is it so important right now for the Canadian Food Grains Bank to speak up about this worldwide food crisis? You know, this is as I said, this is this is a hunger crisis that we're dealing with right now, and I think that. Uh, there is there is a lot that we need to do to to pay attention to this issue and to act around the hunger crisis. I know that uh, in the world we live in, there is a lot going on. Uh, you know, there's a lot in the news cycle that that keeps coming at us, and you know, there's a, a lot of bad news that's coming at us as well. That uh, um, sometimes it's it's hard to take more bad news. Um, but I think it's really critical for us at Food Grains Bank to be to be talking about the hunger crisis. People need to be aware that this is happening. And we also, you know, ask uh, Canadians to think about 
um, about four things. I mean, one is is to give to to support the immediate assistance that saves people's lives and that uh, also you know longer term support that helps reduce the impact of these kinds of uh, events for the future. We ask Canadians to pray, pray for the uh, the end of the food crisis, pray for those who are experiencing hunger, uh, pray for rain in Turkana or for the end of conflict in Ukraine. Uh, there's lots that people can uh, yeah, pray for these days to 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 keep this in their mind and their prayers. Uh, we we ask Canadians to learn and 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 be aware of the food, the hunger crisis. This is a quickly evolving situation. Uh, we share lots of information from Food Grains Bank, but there you know there's lots of great news sources out there that you can you can become aware of of what's happening around the hunger crisis around the world. And then also uh, really encourage Canadians to advocate. Uh, you know whether that's telling your your member of parliament that Canada needs to respond to the hunger crisis uh, globally, uh, whether that's talking to your friends and your neighbors and making sure that they're aware that this is happening in the world. I think there's a lot that uh, that that uh, we as Food Grains Bank, but also as as Canadians, we can do to uh, um, uh, help address this hunger crisis. This can be very overwhelming for people to hear. Now we're in a food crisis close to a famine. There is a difference between those two, but can we prevent this from happening? It's scary when you hear it. You're thinking, like, we're going to have no food. What are we going to do? How do we survive? Can we prevent it? Or is this, is there no hope? There is hope. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's enough food in the world today to to feed, uh, that everyone has the food that they need. There's not a shortage of food. Uh, uh, the, the the key uh, piece is to ensure that, that people are able to get the food that they need. Um, you know, I think that, we can provide assistance to uh, uh, prevent the worst case scenarios from happening. We can, we have demonstrated this in the world that we have, you know, early warning systems that are able to let us know, you know, where the crises are emerging and act uh, uh, and to prevent the crisis from getting worse. Um, you know, there, there are not as many famines now as there used to be. And partly that's because in the world, we we are aware of, of of where those where those challenges are and are able to respond to them. Uh, so I would say that you know there is hope that we're able to prevent you know the worst case scenario in lots of places. Uh, you know it's we are able to provide access to that food or provide access to the cash that people need to buy food. Um, you know, so I think it's critical for us not to lose hope here that the situation is not good, uh, that people are experiencing hunger. Um, but that if we act now, you know, we can prevent this uh, from from the worst case scenario. We we can we can certainly uh, stop uh, the worst effects of of hunger. Very interesting. You say that we have enough food to feed everyone in the world. When you think of it, you sit in your own home, you look at your you know pantry, or you look in your fridge, you're like I have nothing to eat yet. You've got a full fridge for the most. For the most part, most families have a full fridge and then you have this pantry and then you've got a backup pantry in your basement. It's a good reminder that we just really need to open up our eyes and look at what's going on around us. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, we I mean, many of us here in Canada are very fortunate to uh, to not have to to, to uh, wrestle with hunger on a, on a day to day basis and certainly know that there's many Canadians who, who do have to 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 deal with hunger in their lives uh, and experience hunger uh, and worry about hunger. Um, you know, I think we are incredibly fortunate uh, for the most part that, you know, this is not a, a, a day to day uh, concern. Um, and but, yeah, there's lots of people in the world who are uh, who are, you know, 
waking up in the morning wondering uh, where where their next meals will come from, whether whether that's in Canada or whether that's in other parts of the world. And uh, yeah, it's, it's important to remind ourselves that uh, that we can also even even though we may not be experiencing this crisis in the same way, uh, you know, we we can certainly be part of the solution. For, again, you mentioned it a little bit earlier that Canadians can get involved and we can help for those who want to get involved and want to help out. How can they go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, I think I would encourage you to to check out Canadian Food Grains Bank, uh, foodgrainsbank.ca to uh, um, uh, to learn more about the hunger crisis. Uh, there are resources there for uh, you know for learning about the crisis, for for advocating for change, for for giving uh, to respond to the crisis. Uh, prayer resources as well for. Uh, um, uh, prayers to, to, to address hunger generally and this hunger crisis. Uh, so I think that would be a great resource for people to start with. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.